0: What surprised me, I think, the most was having a dog that was um, not necessarily subservient to like what the will of the owner was.
1: Hi, I'm Grace Fitzsimmons,
2: and I'm Claire Kosis, and that was Professor Mitchell talking about his relationship
1: with his 11-year-old English bulldog, Mr. Brown. We wanted to investigate the dynamics of their unique human-dog relationship. Dogs have always
2: played a pivotal role in Professor Mitchell's life. He grew up around them because his parents were always adopting older dogs, although he does not necessarily consider himself a dog person.
0: I'm slowly becoming more of a cat person. Um, The reasons for that is cats are just quieter.
1: While searching for a dog, he had certain expectations for what his future dog would be like.
0: I thought a dog was just going to be a great, quiet companion.
2: Mister Brown defied those expectations, but also lived up to them.
0: There's a lot of uh, forced headbutting that goes on to like get my attention. There's a lot of uh, vocalization to get my attention.
1: As we have learned from Alexandra Horowitz in her book, Inside of a Dog, dogs vocalize for many different reasons. Horowitz says, dogs bark both intentionally and inadvertently. They either express something about the world or something about the signalers themselves. It seems as if Mr. Brown has been a lot more vocal than Professor Mitchell was expecting.
2: Mr. Brown had a rocky start living with his previous family and their young child.
0: When he was five, the family had a baby and Brown does not like children. And so he started knocking the kid over, (laughs) peeing on him, (laughs) being aggressive and very domineering (laughs) towards the child because he felt like his place in the hierarchy had been disrupted.
1: It was hard to know for sure what Mr. Brown's issues were, but after these occurrences, it was clear Brown was not the right fit for the family and they put him up for adoption.
0: I adopted Brown in 2016 in Pittsburgh at the Humane Society. He was five years old at the time and um, he had been in the shelter for around three weeks.
2: Before Mr. Brown was adopted, his name was originally Brownie, but Professor Mitchell didn't like that.
0: I thought he needed more dignity. I didn't want to change his name too much because I didn't want him to feel completely, uh, I don't know, completely, I don't want his life to be completely upended.
1: Professor Mitchell is still acclimating to life with Mr. Brown.
0: Bulldogs are high demand breeds, not only in terms of health care, which we can talk about later, but in terms of um, level of attention that they require they're very stubborn and they're very uh attached to their uh their person and so he has a constant need to always be around me he has never really adjusted to being in the same room with someone without getting constant affection from them
2: As a breed, bulldogs are supposed to be very friendly, courageous, and calm. That characterization comes from the breed standard, a written description of the ideal bulldog. Every American Kennel Club breed had a written standard created and updated over time by the official breed club. The official breed club for bulldogs is the Bulldog Club of America. According to their written standard, bulldogs are supposed to be relatively good with children. Mr. Brown turned out not to like children. Further, in the case of bulldogs, breeding to standard turns out to produce unhealthy dogs.
0: It's because they've been overbred, which is why, another reason why it's hard for me to think about if I'd ever get another dog is because I would like to get another bulldog one day, but I don't want to have to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get one from a breeder because breeding bulldogs is very, uh, it's very dangerous. And I think that it's, it can be very cruel. So I don't know if you know this, but female bulldogs cannot deliver their puppies naturally. They all have to get cesarean section because, the, yeah, because their hips are so small and the heads and shoulders of the puppies are so wide that um, the mothers would die.
1: In his 2011 article, Can the Bulldog Be Saved?, Benoit Denizet-Lewis explains that the dogs are inbred for specific traits like the massive and short-faced head of the bulldog, which are detrimental to the health and welfare of dogs.
2: A lot of the traits the bulldog is not bred for are the breed standard. A perfect bulldog, according to the American Kennel Club, has to have a large head, a pushed-in nose right in between its eyes, and a very broad chest. Unfortunately, many of the breeders are reluctant to change this because the bulldogs would no longer fit the current breed standard. Therefore, not being pure like the other
1: purebreds. Similar to humans, dogs have individual personalities and traits. Horowitz says, it is perfectly acceptable to talk about a dog's personality if we mean the dog's usual pattern of behavior and individual traits. Behavior and traits are not exclusive to humans.
0: He's 11 now, um, but as you can tell he still has a very kind of determined will. So he uh, he definitely has a strong, he, he makes his presence known wherever he goes. And oftentimes that's at the expense of other things that you might want to be doing.
2: During the interview, we noticed this characteristic of Mr. Brown. He was very expressive and communicative because every so often he would remind Professor Mitchell of his presence, especially towards the end of the interview, Mr. Brown seemed to get a little restless.
0: He just is always constantly smelling. Um, and because his, because he's brachiocephalic, which means his snout is punched in, he has to put his face right up into something.
1: The anatomy of the dog's nose is especially unique to dogs. Dogs have hundreds of millions more olfactory receptors in their noses than humans. According to Horowitz, dogs have hundreds of millions of receptors in their nose, and they even have a second kind of nose called the vomeronasal organ. Humans can sniff about once every two seconds, but dogs can sniff up to seven times a second.
2: Professor Mitchell's knowledge and honesty about the dark history behind breeding bulldogs is separate from the fact that he loves Mr. Brown and he plays a pivotal role in his family. You're gonna wanna be my best friend, baby Dogs are not just a member of the household, but are more of a best friend. Although Professor Mitchell may not consider himself a dog person, he did tell us how Mr. Brown has impacted his life in a profoundly positive way.
0: There are lots of parts of my life that are better. Like, he gives me a lot of joy. He and my partner like love each other, and they're very sweet, and so seeing them together is really lovely. But, um, Being accountable for another living thing is a lot of responsibility. Everyone says this with animals, but it really is, right? So it's making sure that they have high-quality food, going on walks, being home at particular times, um, taking them to the vet, making sure they socialize adequately with other dogs, being responsible for their behavior if they act poorly in public—
1: Owning a dog or any living thing requires you to be attentive to the needs of them and prioritize them as you would prioritize yourself, but because of the responsibility it requires to take care of another living thing, you learn new things and recognize the importance in life.
0: Because I don't have children, having a dog has given me a lot of perspective on like what is important in life, and so it forces you to be accountable for something else which in turn allows you to have a more well-rounded life. So I think that holistically, yes, for sure. I've learned love and empathy and compassion and really uh, cherishing a relationship with, some, with an animal that you can't talk to, uh, at least in a kind of uh, verbal way.
2: We learned a lot not only about Mr. Brown and Professor Mitchell's relationship,
1: but also English Bulldogs during our interview. The way Professor Mitchell takes care of Mr. Brown should be a model for other dog owners, especially because of how much love and care goes into raising a dog. I guess uh,
0: the things that I've really uh, embraced about owning him is that I can tell that he loves me very much and that he depends on me very much. Um, What I was not expecting (laughs) is how much he was going to uh, perform that for me for the rest of his life.